Alright guys, welcome back. This is Faye. This is Nick. And this is Creogs Over, Over Coffee. Coffee. Today we have with us, as our special guest, Dr. Andre Delinko, and also his lovely wife, Dr. Diana Waller, and their son, Jake, with us in our quote-unquote studio. <laughs> Andre is a fourth-year resident at Brown and Women and Infants along with us, um, but Andre's next career move is actually to head into reproductive endocrinology and infertility, where he'll be joining the folks over at the University of Pennsylvania along with Faye. So as part of our med-ed podcast series, we're going to be talking about applying and potentially going into different subspecialties. And so today, Dr. Delinko is here to talk to us about getting into REI. Welcome, Dr. Delinko. Thank you so much. It's great to be on the podcast. All right, Andre, I guess to start off, um, because obviously Faye and I skipped this part, um, no, for really, I guess, for a basic understanding for the medical students or potential medical students out there listening to this podcast, what is REI? Absolutely. So REI, or Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility, kind of has it all in the name. Uh, there really are two really big components to it. One is uh, reproductive endocrinology. Uh, so all of the uh, disorders of the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian axis and everything that comes with that, as well as uh, disorders of sexual development. Uh, and then the infertility component. Uh, so truly figuring out uh, why uh, women and couples and uh, people of all shapes and sizes can't get pregnant and helping them get there. So Andre, talk to us a little bit about... <laughs> Jacob Delinko, everybody. Um, Andre, so talk to us a little bit about kind of, you know, how you got interested. Talk to us a little bit about what years one and two of your residency looked like. How did you get ready to apply or how did you get interested in REI? Yeah, absolutely. So my interest in REI actually started off with a course in college uh, about human endocrinology where I truly fell in love with the pathways and the logic of uh, endocrine pathways, including the uh, HPO axis. Um, and then I uh, had been considering going into OBGYN kind of through college and uh, the first couple of years of medical school. Um, in third year of medical school, uh, I had OBGYN as my first rotation and truly loved it, didn't really like anything else as much. And as I was deciding kind of what my next steps are going to be, uh, my girlfriend, now wife at the time, was going to be taking a year, and I decided to take a research year as well, and found a fantastic mentor um, at uh, the Brigham uh, in Dr. Elizabeth Ginsburg in the field of REI, and did a few projects with her. Uh, as part of that, I came into residency actually thinking about uh, REI, and uh, we are lucky here at Brown that we actually get exposed to all of the subspecialties in the first couple of years, including doing a rotation REI as interns. And once again, it uh, was just something that I truly enjoyed and kind of the breadth and depth of the field. It once again didn't limit me into what I could do in the future. Do you say that there's anything essential for folks who are maybe on the fence about doing an REI career or um, like are gung-ho, yes, I want to do REI that they need to prepare for during years one and two of residency? 
Yeah, I think uh, starting to explore kind of a research project early on uh, in residency, probably think, starting thinking about kind of what you might be interested in uh, by the end of first year, sometime in second year, uh, by no means has to be in REI. Uh, I think throughout the fellowship process, and you'll probably hear this from other people, it's just important to have a project that is going to be yours under your belt. Uh, and then uh, thinking about kind of like going to the major research uh, meetings for uh, REI. So the big ones for that, uh, the national meeting is uh, ASRM, uh, the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. Uh, and then there's a couple other smaller uh, uh, conferences. One is called the Pacific Coast Reproductive Society. Their meeting is always in the spring uh, in California. It's beautiful, good way to get out of the Northeast. Um, in a little bit more of a relaxed and uh, close-knit environment than the huge national meeting at ASRM. Um, would you say that doing well on your CREOGS, does that pertain to applying into REI? We were saying that for MFM, you know, I think very few programs asked for our CREOG scores. There were definitely programs that asked for CREOG scores. I would say probably about half of the ones that I applied to asked for them. Uh, the mentorship that I got is that the second and third years are the most important ones, and the CREAC scorers can help you uh, potentially get an interview, but won't at the end make or break it. All right. So kind of rubber meets the road, I think, in third year for most of these specialties, because you definitely have to have something picked out by then. So as you're heading into third year, you know, we've talked about CREOGs, we've talked about mentorship, we've talked a bit about research. What did you do, Andre, to set you up for success? Absolutely. So uh, the biggest thing in third year was doing my research project. Uh, it was a combination of things for me, including a little bit of paternity leave, uh, but uh, sitting down and getting the bulk of my research project done during an elective uh, was uh, probably the most important thing. Talking about paternity leave. <laughs> he can be on the podcast too if he wants. Hi, Jake. Jacob, do you want to say hello? Bye. <laughs> and then starting to think about who you're going to have write your letters. Uh, I know that the application uh, opens up in late December, early January for uh, the next year's application cycle. And there, most programs are now going to uh, where you just have to get it in by the deadline, which is end of May, I believe. Um, but there's a couple programs that uh, from here, so I personally did not apply to these programs, but uh, that were uh, calling out applicants before that deadline. Um, Andre, talk to us a little bit more about um, your application. Like, how did you figure out what programs you wanted to apply to? How did you figure out how many programs to apply to, for example? Who did you talk to about those things? So I had a great mentor here, but Dr. Gary Freshman was my main mentor uh, in terms of thinking about how many programs to apply to. Uh, and then in terms of where to apply and which programs, I started off with the geographic uh, reasons, honestly. Uh, we, uh, as uh, the, you guys mentioned, uh, my wife is also a doctor, so looking for places where both of us could find a job, but also with a kid wanting to be close to family and not um, underestimating the importance of that. Are there different feels to particularly REI programs? Like, for instance, are some really focused on surgery, others on medicine, others on, like, you know, I guess community REI practice, so to speak? Very much so. Uh, the, I think the one of the biggest divides is there's only a few programs that are very surgically heavy. Um, 
traditionally REI were the minimally invasive surgeons within gynecology. So a lot of the straight stick laparoscopy and the robotic surgeries uh, were initially done by uh, infertility doctors, particularly for myomectomies uh, and such. Uh, and that has been slowly moving away with uh, more and more of those surgeries going to MIGS. Uh, but there's a few programs that still uh, train a lot on uh, surgery. Uh, some of those programs include the Brigham, University of Pennsylvania is another one. Uh, I know Cleveland Clinic does as well. Uh, so if that's something that you're particularly interested in, kind of trying to feel, feel that out during the interview process is important. There's also uh, looking through when you're applying of where are the fellows going? So the fellows that are graduating, are they mostly joining academic programs or are they mostly going into private practice and trying to get a feel for that? So I know we're already starting to talk about interviews a little bit, Andre, but um, kind of where in the summer and the fall were your interviews? When were the bulk of them? And then also, can you talk to us a little bit about some tips and tricks for the interviews, like what you asked the fellows, things that you know you thought might have set you up for success? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So most of the interviews uh, started in mid to late July and through August. Uh, my first one was in early uh, August, but then the last one was in early to mid-September. So it's definitely one that starts a little bit earlier and also ends a little bit later. So a little bit of a spread in terms of when interviews are uh, compared to the other fellowships, I felt. Uh, in terms of thinking where, uh, what to ask the fellows and kind of setting myself up for success, uh, definitely talking to the fellows at our own program and kind of help uh, them let me know kind of what are the important things to ask for and what are the important things to look for. Uh, some of those are how hard is it to find a research project? Are you going to be dedicated to a single lab where all of the fellows do that research in that lab? Or do you have the opportunity to go anywhere within the university and kind of... Uh, different programs will talk to you about the benefits uh, of each of those styles, and you have to decide what's most important for you. Uh, as part of that, kind of, what is the funding like? Do you have to go out and find your own funding for your research projects, or is funding going to be pretty much guaranteed? And then, honestly, the one of the other big things is trying to suss out how the program feels, and are they going to treat you as a junior faculty member? or a super resident sort of thing and kind of trying to figure out you want you truly are becoming a faculty member when you're becoming a fellow you're still absolutely learning but you want the responsibilities of a faculty member and but at the same time having the full support of the faculty the staff the nursing uh there I guess in the end, Andre, you know, we know that REI is certainly one of the more competitive subspecialties for obstetrics and gynecology. There are just a limited number of spots. Um, so I guess in terms of crafting your rank list or deciding the number of places you wanted to go interview, did you get any advice about that? Yeah, uh, I think in terms of the number of places to go interview, uh, the heard a couple of different things, low teens to... Anywhere between low teens and uh, high teens was the recommendation. I ended up interviewing at in the mid-teens. So, and then the, I think the same thing applies as for residency, ranking the programs that you want to be at. Uh, but at the same time, if there's a program that you'd rather not match than be at that program, don't put it on your rank list. Uh, kind of keeping that in mind. 
I think that's a little bit harder for fellowship than for residency just because it is so competitive and there's um, way more limited spots. But thinking about what is most important to you is going to be uh, the key to this, uh, to your success. The In terms of how to rank, I think at the end of the day, there's lots of different ways that you can do it. Uh, people create spreadsheets with... Uh, numbers in terms of like the different categories that are important to them. What is the, um, how's the research of the program? What is the clinical skills of the program? What is the surgery like? What is their volume? What is the reputation of the program? And figuring out a number systems for that. Or at the end of the day, going with your gut and trying to uh, figure it out from there. Yeah, Nick and I had talked about how we like both made pros and cons lists and like, you know, these crazy people spreadsheets. But at the end, I think we both said like we kind of just went with our gut feeling yeah, for absolutely. all of our programs. Yeah, 100%. Um, what about, you know, reaching out to your number one, writing thank you notes, those things like that? Are, do REI programs expect you to do those things? I think thank you notes were something that I did uh, for almost all of my programs. It was very helpful. I think particularly at the beginning while you have the time and the capacity to do it. Uh, if you are just not a thank you notes person and uh, can't write them to every single person that you interviewed with, uh, at least sending something to the program director uh, is, uh, I think, crucial. But just in terms of thanking them for giving you the opportunity to interview there. Um, this is not a guarantee. Uh, so uh, they have thought highly enough of your application that they thought that you would be interested in coming to interview. And they're appreciative of the fact that you are taking uh, your time to come interview. So it's a two-way road. Uh, in terms of reaching out to the number one, I absolutely 100% support that. I definitely did. Uh, and... Uh, had people from my program who also reached out to that. So I think it by no means will ever hurt and it may help you. Andre, thank you so much for joining us and enlightening all of us about the reproductive endocrinology and infertility application cycle. Um, for all of you out there thinking about REI, I hope this is super helpful to you. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. So once again, I'm Faye. I'm Nick. And this has been Creogs Over Coffee. So guys, if you like this episode, go on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever your podcatcher is, give us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter at CreogsOverCoff1, on Facebook at CreogsOverCoffee, on Instagram at CreogsOverCoffee. And if you want to give us some love, go ahead and go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash CreogsOverCoffee. Give us some support and we can give you some swag. Have some insight for the show, have a question or concern, or you want to send Jake a little love note for all his noise in the background email us creogsovercoffee at gmail.com and if you need any adjunct material go ahead and go onto our website www.creogsovercoffee.com mm-hmm.